to Grid Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by one member of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters, and our resident soccer aficionado, who is now on the other side of the pond. He's in the desert in Las Vegas for the World Series of Poker. Mr. Jan Chorus. Jan, welcome back to the program and congratulations on helping guide our listeners to bet Real Madrid to win the Champions League. How are you, sir? I'm good. Dennis Bergkamp, the GOAT. <laughs> Jan is one for one. Jan just walks onto the podcast and just hands out Champions League winners. Although, DP, your fair share as well. You also selected Real Madrid to win the treble. So congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is our World Cup mega preview. We're going to go through every group. We're going to select some group winners or just basically whatever bets we like within the group, whether that be total goals scored, points scored, to advance from the group, win the group, etc. And then, of course, we will pick our World Cup winners and Golden Boot winners did you guys enjoy the intro? I, I, Jan, I know you did. Dennis Bergkamp, of course, legendary goal against Argentina in the World Cup and an Arsenal man. I want to start this podcast with uh, some World Cup memories. Like, wh- I, I want to know when you guys, you, the first time you remember yourself watching the World Cup. Because this is such a, an unbelievable tournament. And, and I'm glad that that America is starting to come around. And I think this year is going to be the ultimate test to whether or not uh, American soccer fans are really out there because, of course, the USA failed to qualify uh, that terrible game against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, My first memory, I'll go first because I'm probably the newest to to soccer on the podcast, knowing that Donnie grew up playing. And, of course, Jan is from uh, Europe, and it is a much higher soccer culture than here in the States is, uh, ironically, uh, I, I was a late bloomer. Uh, I am, as Donnie can attest, I'm a bit of a hater, and I'm a skeptic at first, but I, I, I came around, thankfully, on this game that I now absolutely love. And I remember my senior year of high school, 2006 World Cup. We used to, because uh, classes really didn't matter anymore, it was so deep into the summer, we're basically already graduated. We would like sneak out of classes and, and find those like rolling televisions and plug them in and watch. And I remember... First game for the United States. Ironically enough, it was against the Czech Republic. They were, we were all hyped. This is it. Of course, we're America. This is the year. Uh, Fifth-minute goal for Czech Republic. Peter Czech has a clean sheet. They absolute dom- absolutely dominate. 3-0. And uh, that was pretty much the end of the World Cup for uh, the men in the red, white, and blue. But despite the loss, I just I remember falling in love with the tournament that summer. Uh of again, uh, another Arsenal mention. I, I fell in love with Thierry Henry and that France team. Uh, I will always remember where I was sitting when Zidane headbutted Maserati into oblivion in the final and was shown red. So that that was a really important summer for me as a soccer fan, and uh, I, I've loved the game and especially the World Cup ever since. DP, what's your first World Cup memory? Is there a game? Is there a tournament? When did you really start loving this tournament? Uh, I mean, 1994, I really got into it, really watched everything pretty much from start to finish. Uh, but I, I did watch a bit of 1990, uh, 1990 sticks out to me, the, the final with Argentina and Germany. Uh, I think they were West Germany at the time. 
uh, still not Germany, but anyway, they went to PKs, I believe. And that was, that was pretty epic. And then just seeing out of that world cup, uh, the, the run of Ireland. So the run of Ireland was like really weird. They, they did all right. And they made it to the quarterfinals and like, Everyone treated it like Ireland won the fucking World Cup. It was the most insane thing I think I've ever seen. Um, just they had like parades when they came home. Like it was just nuts. It was crazy. And it, they didn't do too well. But that was just kind of a whole little funny side story with how they uh, how they progressed and, you know, kind of became to put themselves on the map. Uh, 1994, definitely the biggest thing that sticks out to me is Roberto Baggio when he missed that fucking PK. Um, I used to like reenact Roberto Baggio's PK like in my backyard all the time. Wow. I would even I would reenact like missing the PK like that. <laughs> just because I was such a big fan of Roberto Baggio and his game. And it yeah, I mean, when he missed that fucking PK, I was like I was devastated. I wanted them to beat Brazil so, so, so bad. Uh, likewise with you, I I really fell in love with Thierry Henry uh, during his, you know, World Cup uh you know, runs that, that he made. I mean, Thierry Henry is just total class, one of the best players in, in my opinion of all time. And also one of my absolute favorite players of all time. Also the whole Zinedine Zidane thing. I mean, that was just, I remember seeing that. I remember I was at my brother's house. I was wearing an Italy jacket at the time. I saw that that happened and I like just ran out of the house. Cause I was like screaming with like, what the hell he just did. I mean that whole thing. And then how it ended up being like this joke with the statue later on. Like it was just, that thing was just crazy. And then in more recent years, just, you know, some of the greats like Neymar and Messi and not so much like what they've done, but more about their collapses on some of the biggest stages, um, you know, in the biggest games. I mean, that what was it seven or eight Oh lost by Brazil to Germany when we were at the Rio that one year, that was, that was epic. And a lot of uh, the recent stuff also is being at the Rio for the world series of poker and watching the the world cup on all the screens that are around. And just because the world series of poker brings in all these poker from all over the world. So everyone's rooting for all of their different teams and it's super fun. And, you know, during those years, the, the USA was still heavily involved. So all the USA people would get involved and the poker community does really like soccer a lot, uh, as opposed to kind of like the, just the general, uh, American population. So it's really cool just to be able to experience that at all. Unfortunately, we don't have USA this year. So yeah, I'm just kind of uh, stuck uh, looking back on some of my great memories. Yeah, the wildest thing about the Zidane thing is that there that that sculpture that you mentioned, it, it's not in Italy. It, it's in... <laughs> it's in Paris. Like, why would they erect the statue of that? It's so bizarre. Uh, Jan, what about you, sir? What is your, what is your first World Cup memory? Um, I was too young to watch the World Cup that took place in the USA, but I watched 1998 World Cup in France, and I think it was the best World Cup of all times. All the goals were incredible. All the games were incredible. The teams were incredible. It was just perfect, perfect tournament. Uh, every now and then, I just go to YouTube and watch all the goals from 1998 World Cup and like goal that Michael Owen scored against Argentina. Uh, Dennis Bergkamp, France, Davos Sucker taking Croatia to, to the Bruins place. It was it was really an inch-perfect tournament for anybody to watch. It wasn't really like, okay, if you're French, uh, you finally won World Cup on, on home soil. It was like, I, I don't even know if there's uh, ever going to be any, any international tournament that will beat it. 
least in my opinion. But as you uh, talked about Zidane and, and about the 2006 World Cup, that, that was a good one too. Like Rich mentioned the game against Czech Republic. Uh, well, that was the last time our team actually uh, had some there are some goals in that game. Uh, 2006 World Cup uh, stands out to me because of a single individual performance, and that was Zinedine Zidane against Brazil. Uh, it was beyond. It was beyond amazing. Uh, also, I've I've watched like the game many times just to watch what Zidane did, how he how he enjoyed the game. Because I remember 2006, um, he was already kind of cooked. Uh, he didn't even play in Real Madrid Galactico side all that much. He was uh, at the end of his career. And I thought he would be the biggest flop of the World Cup. And even though he's, this, in my opinion, the best player of all times, and I was just baffled how he, how he just got back to his top and, and enjoyed the game age 34. It, it was amazing. I have to so, play this. So, I have to play the full Bergkamp call for those who have not heard it from that 1998 World Cup, a two-one win for the for Holland over Argentina. This is my in in all of sports. I don't know if you can find a call as good as this one. Frank de Boer speelt the ball heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp neemt de bal aan. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Just amazing. Incredible! Love the emotion there, Jan. You were going to continue about that uh, the Zidane run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like France has been the um, the best team that I've watched. I think during my uh, World Cups that I remember, because like 1998 they won, 2006. I'm I'm still I'm still kind of pissed they did that they didn't win in the finals. Because Australia was uh, robbed so badly in in the last 16 round against Italy, so I don't think Italy um, should have gotten anywhere near the finals. So it's always about France. They either play very nice football or just blow it out in the group stage. So let's see what happens this year. An appropriate setup for the 2018 World Cup, where France is young, they're talented, but heading into the World Cup. They're a bit of a mess. We just saw Paul Pogba get booed off in one of these warm-ups, uh, the friendlies that are entering into the trip to Russia. And there are there is no more polarizing team entering the World Cup than France. There are people that love them. There are people that hate them. And as Jan said, uh, the results seem to be flame out and be absolutely crushed and exit in the group stage or potentially compete for the championship uh, come the end of June. But let's start in Group A with the host nation of Russia. Uh, They are joined in that group by a bunch of easy teams in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and then Uruguay, uh, which is a tough squad and is favored to win the group at minus 139. DP, let's go to you first. Do you have any thoughts on Group A? Any bets that you like within this group for the tournament? Yeah, so 
First things first, uh, even with the injury to Mo Salah, I wouldn't mind picking Egypt to win Group A. Uh, I really like their team. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I mean, all signs right now, everything that I've read, everything that I've seen is that Salah is going to be back for the second game. He won't be able to play the first game, uh, which is fine, although the schedule uh, does kind of work against them in the fact that they play Uruguay, who's the favorite in that group. They play them first, so that's likely going to be a loss. Unfortunately, it would have been better if they could play them later on when they get Salah back, but it is what it is. Uh, I mean, still, that said, I like the bet of Egypt to advance uh, at plus 166 to the knockout round. Um, I just I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think that they're pretty solid. I mean, if once Salah gets back, I think that he's just that dynamic goal scorer that every World Cup team that that goes on a run, especially the ones that tend to surprise people, they always need that that one dynamic guy. And Mo Salah has just been absolutely lighting the world on fire for the past, I don't know, eight months to a year or so. So, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it. Uh I also like uh, betting Russia, the home, the uh, the home home country, to miss the knockout round at plus two fifteen. I just, I don't think that they're going to be able to get it done. I think that they have some injuries that's going to affect their depth. I mean, they're not a team that has a lot of really good front running players. Um, I mean, their goalie's pretty good, but I don't think he's a goalie who's going to just stand on his head and put the team on his back and carry them through. Um, and I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on them being the host country. And I I would bet them to miss the knockout round, if not finish last in the group. I think that those present good odds as well. Wow. Finish last in the group on home soil. And it's Russia. Like, you don't think some oligarchs are going to get in some of these refs' pockets? <laughs> like, last in the group? I mean, yeah, that's always the wild card with FIFA, right? The whole uh, <laughs> paying off the officials. Yeah. The, uh, the old international alum. <laughs> What about you, Jan? When you survey Group A, are there any bets that uh, that you like entering the tournament? I liked how Donny started, but what did you mean by saying Russia has a good goalkeeper? Did you mean Akinfei, really? Yeah, I mean he's he's. I'm talking. So as soon as I, I said think he's terrible. <laughs> okay, as soon as I said that, I knew that I figured one of you might call me on it. Um, he's probably their better best player in terms of like their talent, but he's not like, I mean, I said, he's not going to be able to be that goalie. Who's going to carry a team on his back and carry them through, you know, like if you're looking at the Russian roster, I mean, you have Golovin. He, I mean, he's kind of the best type of player. And then you have Akinfeyev and it's like, who else is there and what else are they going to do? I don't really see anything, but I'm not really going to, you know, put a lot of stock in. Egypt where I'm looking at, okay, Mo Salah, if he starts going off like the Mo Salah that we know, he's the type of person, the type of player who can just carry his team through and it really doesn't matter what the other 10 players on the pitch do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like Russia either. Uh, like, I don't think there's enough quality in that team, as you said. Plus, I think I can have his better goalkeeper. Go I've always, like, throughout his career, when he was like 17 year old, he started um, as a as a starting goalkeeper for Moscow, and like through all of his career, everybody's like, "Oh, this is the most talented player in the, the talented goalkeeper in the world." And then he was like 20, 25, and the talent never arrived or like never materialized. So uh, I don't like it. But 
uh, enough about a goalkeeper. Yeah, I like Egypt too, uh, because I uh, I grew up watching the African Cup of Nations and Egypt always it was always interesting because of the different styles of uh, tactics and like what the players did, uh, other than like classic European teams do. And Egypt was the the only team that was really solidified through defense, through like uh, that kind of old-fashioned European football. No, no Harakiri, uh, offense, defense. Uh, so I like them too. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly would I would I bet. I think I would bet the over on three goals because they got to do that, right? It's uh, Three goals and they play Saudi Arabia. So yeah, it might be three goals in the first half against Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how Saudi Arabia, like where they are right now, but they've always been hammered at the World Cups. So I just think three goals for Egypt with. Uh, the fact that they have Saudi Arabia where they can actually clear it in one game and also playing Russia where I expect them to be slight favorites, even though Russia has the home field advantage. Yeah, I think it's very likely that they will score more than three or more goals. So maybe it would be a push, but I think it could be like a free roll for anybody who bets on that. The only bet that I really like, because Uruguay, none of this is priced right for me. They're obviously the best side in the group, but the pricing, I just, I don't like any of it. So the yeah, only yeah, the, totally. the only bet that I like is uh, Russia to score uh, more than five goals. Uh, and it's a bit historical. Uh, only four host nations have ever scored fewer then five goals, four of the 21 host nations, and those include America and South Africa, uh, who, you know, when when the states hosted it, they were not the side that they are now, even though they didn't qualify. And, of course, South Africa, they got that first goal uh, in the opener and then petered out from there. So I think history's on their side. And what Jan noted, I think having Saudi Arabia in the group is very helpful uh, in 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 the case that they could get a bunch of those five goals in that one contest. So while I, I there's nothing really else in this group that gets me excited, I think the history's on their side and the fact that they are, are going to have a match against Saudi Arabia will help Russia get to five goals and, and maybe even exceed that. Plus, that's at minus 106. It's pretty much no juice on that bet. So I, I kind of like the over on five goals there. Uh, group B... It kicks off with the match that a lot of people have their eyes on. It's Portugal and Spain. It is Ronaldo against the country that he plays his club football in. Jan, kick us off. Uh, what bets in Group B are you looking at? Oof. I think... Uh, yeah, I didn't really like this group, how it is set up with Portugal and Spain loaded. Uh, heavy on top and the other teams huge underdogs I think a good bet should be on Portugal 
over 5.5 points. That essentially means they need to beat the two underdogs. It's like, I guess, most people expect Spain to beat Portugal in the uh, in their derby game, if we can call it like that. Yeah, I, I think Portugal aren't as strong as many te- many people think. They never really impressed me in, uh, in international football, but they should really beat Iran and Morocco, right? That's like if you go to the World Cup with the lineup Portugal have and don't beat Iran and Morocco, what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, go home. Yeah, yeah, you would basically go home. <laughs> I don't think they will beat Spain. Maybe they will they will get a draw, but from that bet perspective, that would still mean they would need to beat both of these other two teams. So I think they will do that. Such I wouldn't a, be so afraid. I don't a, think there will be an upset in this group. Such an interesting time for Spain. The the 2014 World Cup, they were definitely in transition, right? They were handing off from the old guard to the new. And it, it, it's not like it, there was never a clean break, right? Like this year, England, for example, it's a clean break, right? They had the old England team and now they have a new, fresh England side. Whereas Spain, you had the old side uh, that won the World Cup. Then in 2014, you had this mix of young and old. And now you have the full transition to this young squad where you've got uh, the Asensios and the Iscos of the world and the Maratas of the world uh, leading the squad. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by Spain, and I agree. I think they're going to come out and make a statement in that first match against Portugal. Uh, I filled out a bracket. The way I did a lot of my over-under goals is if you guys go to bracketchallenge.fifa.com, you can uh, rank the group finish that you think, and then it'll create a bracket for you based upon finish. And I think, I mean, Spain feels like a lock for the quarters, and depending on how things shake out, they've got a real chance at at getting to the semis. Um, So I'm kind of interested in the over nine and a half goals. It is a big number, so I'm not really in love with it. Uh, But just given that I think they're going to get to the quarters and play that many matches... Uh, I think that nine and a half is certainly in play, and and I'm I'm excited to watch this uh, this Spain side. Uh, DP, what about you? What Group B bets do you like? I mean, so obviously Spain and Portugal are the two big favorites, as you guys have talked about. I doubt anyone's going to be betting on them to miss advancing to the knockout stage. Uh, Spain's getting much of the hype as the front runner, uh, so knowing that, I don't mind betting on Portugal and betting on Cristiano. Uh, to take uh, the group at plus 204. Um, so as much as Jan decides to hate on Iran, I actually like them in this group. Uh, I don't mind taking a flyer on them. They're decent. They're not that good, but they're decent. Uh, Morocco is really bad. Uh, Spain and Portugal could falter. We've seen that in the past uh, a little bit from them, most notably Spain uh, not too long ago when they just really sucked. Um, in the the Euros, uh, and they could just leave the door open for Iran to slip through, who I think could surprise a lot of people. I could also see uh, Jahan Box, uh, the the exciting young player from Iran, becoming sort of a cult hero, at least in this group stage. Um, the guy can score. He can also assist. I think uh, last time around in his league play, he had something like 20 goals or 21 goals and 12 assists. So I don't mind uh, – 
taking them on a little bit of a flyer. I think that they just present some better odds. Um, if you're going to gamble on this group, mostly I'm going to be staying away. But if I were to bet, I would take Iran over 1.5 total goals at minus 146 and then over 1.5 points in the group at minus 103. Those are my two favorite bets out of this group. Yeah, I mean, just looking at those odds, the if the over on goals is so juiced at minus 146, then I don't know. I, I kind of love the over on points at minus 103. You're getting a, a little bit of a rebate. And it also says that the betting market, and these numbers are all from Pinnacle, that the betting market likes Iran to put some put some balls in the net, uh, which is which is pretty interesting. So uh, they like the over on one and a half. You're paying a little bit of juice, but if they're not going to move that line, if it's going to stay at one and a half, maybe you're getting uh, a bit of value by firing them. Let's move to Group C which has the enigma, it has the bipolar, the hot or cold France within it. Uh, They are joined by fellow European nation Denmark, and then they have Australia and Peru. DP, we talked about France a lot at the top. What do you like in Group C? Uh, Well, I think that this is France's cakewalk uh, to the knockout stage. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know really how good they are. Um, I think I mean, yes, they do have their their issues, they do have their problems, and they could completely fall apart. But I I don't think that that's a favor to happen. I think that France is going to get their shit together and really perform uh, very, very well in in the World Cup overall. Um, They're a big favorite to win Group C. They're one of the favorites to win the entire World Cup. They're one of my favorites uh, in terms of picking from that that big four group of teams um, to to go on to win the whole thing. Uh, I mean, if we're looking for value, though, I think we need to look a little bit away from France. Most specifically, I would like to look at Peru, who are getting plus 155 to advance to the knockout round. I think Denmark's going to get some love, largely due to Christian Eriksen. He plays for Tottenham. Um, But looking at Peru, you got uh, Guerrero, Paulo Guerrero. So he had this whole issue with these drug tests, but he just won like this last second appeal despite failing the drug test. So he's allowed to be able to play in the World Cup. He's the country's leading goal scorer. He's a really good player. I just really like them to advance behind uh, France out of this group. So if I'm talking in terms of favorite bets, Peru to advance to the knockout round plus 155. Peru over three total goals, minus 151. Peru over three and a half points in the group, minus 108. And then I also like in the first match, Peru to beat Denmark, um, I looked it up on the, the Westgate has Peru to beat Denmark at plus 215. I like that bet as well. I will be going all in on Peru in this group. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people coming out of Group C. All in on Peru. DP, you, you need a Peru kit. You got you got a week before the World Cup kicks off to get a Peru kit. Uh, Jan, what about you? What do you like in Group C? Uh, I think uh, with Guerrero, there's also been a thing that the captains of the other three teams sent some sort of a letter to FIFA to let Guerrero play, which I think is very nice of the other three teams. I'm not sure like if everybody else would do that. I I honestly don't know in this group. The odds on France getting under seven and a half points, I think they might still be good. I'm not I'm not a f- hater of France, to be clear. Um uh, they have an amazing team. The, the lineup is great. They have a depth chart to to send another team uh, to the World Cup, basically, from the who didn't get called up, and, and the team would still be like a solid contender. 
but but just looking at the odds, everybody is immediately taking them at least to the semifinals, and it's FIFA World Cup. We've seen that many times, like Argentina or even France themselves. It's it's not as easy as it looks. Like you have one bad game to start, you can have some and. France is probably even more inclined to have that, like to have some uh, shenanigans in the in the locker room. Yeah, I would probably still bet under seven and a half points because I think they. What is good that even if they if they'll crush, they might just chill out the next, the last game. Maybe they will be like clear first and would just rest their top players. So there's a good chance that they would give up at least at least in one game that they would give up some points yeah the odds are really small but i think it's still still fine to bet that i'm i'm worried about france uh i am on the side of of being worried about this (laughs) about this side so uh i like the under on nine and a half at minus 105 and i i have to put the homer shirt on i absolutely have to i got a ride from my boy christian erickson something happens when he puts the 10 shirt on. I don't know. Something snaps within him. Like He's something like 90 to 1 to win the golden boot. Something happens when he puts that 10 shirt on. Uh, on one of the last days of qualification, Denmark needed three points. Christian Eriksen went out and got a hat trick. So I, I, I like the over on four and a half goals at minus 119. And I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't hate gambling on them to win the group either because if you think france is going to blow up they're going to totally blow up so the the plus 449 on denmark is interesting to me but i i much prefer the over on four and a half goals when you have a creator like with like ericsson uh they might be able to to clear four goals in in one match against australia and peru so well australia sucks we know that that's what i mean like they're just really bad just like they're the saudi arabia of this group where if you need an over to come in it, it might be well, at the hands of the Socceroos. You, you talk about Christian Eriksen, but you forgot that Denmark has the best player in the world in their lineup, Niklas Bentner. So. <laughs> the yeah, and how, how, how does it work that um, if Eriksen scores, does it count as Kane's goal? Or <laughs> yeah, Harry, it, it could be good to know for the golden boot. Yeah, Harry will be across the nation in... Siberia, wherever they're playing their match, and uh, he'll raise his hand trying to call for the goal. <laughs> uh, excellent stuff. Uh, let's move on to Group D, where we have one side, which is a behemoth in Argentina, uh, Croatia joining them, and then Iceland and Nigeria. Uh, this group feels wide open to me. We, we know uh, Argentina's story. Uh and I don't know, there's something about this group that feels like anything can happen. Jan, what's your take on Group D? All in on Croatia. All yeah, in on I've the Croats. Yeah, I've always liked Croatia. And I think now their team is about to peak with really strong midfield, with Mandzukic up front. So um, I'm just looking at it and trying to figure out to point out one bet. Uh, I would, I would probably, I wouldn't be afraid to go with win group plus two to 20. 
that's uh, the thing is Argentina has a, always stacked team up front, but their defense has flaws. I don't think their midfield is too strong either. So why couldn't Croatia just just take first place in that group? That's, that's just my point of view. But I might be too too biased because I really like Croatia. I really like uh, their international football team. Like usually they play a solid solid. Um, they usually performed solid, even though they had like Brazil in group stage. And I feel like this is their year where they can actually like make a statement in the in the group stage, get the first place of Argentina, and everybody will, will raise their eyebrows, eyebrows, and and will be like, hey, wait, 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 there's like you know another uh, another contender coming from like the second tier. DP, what about you? What's your take on Group D? I mean, I think this group is much tighter than it appears at first glance. I think the odds reflect that if you actually look down at the odds. I think Argentina, uh, like Jan said, you know, they are powerful up front, but they're a bit wishy-washy when you start to get into the midfield and then definitely uh, into the backfield with that defense. Um, I mean, the odds for them to win the group are minus 161. So that right there reflects to me that they're not that massive of a favorite as everyone I think just thinks that they're going to be. I also think that uh, Argentina to win the World Cup at plus 900, plus 901, uh, the odds we're looking at from Pinnacle, is probably the worst bet of the World Cup. Um, I just think that a lot of people are going to think that those odds are long enough that they're getting a really good price when I think that Argentina is going to flame out. Much like you guys aren't so high and you're worried about France, I'm very worried about Argentina. Um, so staying in that group, I think Iceland is just the throwaway team. Um, I, I like Croatia, uh, like Jan said, I also like Nigeria. I think that both those teams can contend. I think that Iceland's going to get some love from their run in the 2016 Euros, but I just don't think that they're for real. I think that they were just kind of a Cinderella one-off team uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Nigeria is going to be the team that I would bet on to advance and Croatia is the team that I would bet on to win the group. So in terms of favorite bets, Croatia to win the group plus 220. I like that bet. I think that they can get it done. Um, like Jan said, their their team is, is pretty much peaking right now. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And then I also like Nigeria to advance the knockout round at plus 238 and then Nigeria over three total goals at minus 104. Yeah. Uh, I was I was able to catch some of the Nigeria England friendly uh, and when they got down one nil and they started pressing they looked really good uh, pushing forward and that's not a good formula for Argentina I, I like all the unders on Argentina here I like the under on eight and a half goals uh, uh, I'm I like the the no to win the group at plus one thirty two but. You guys have swayed me. You guys are making some really good points about Croatia. Uh, I kind of want to love Iceland, uh, DP, because of that run in the Euros. Uh, there's been some great documentary work by uh, Roger Bennett from Men in Blazers about Iceland's youth program, their training. But I think you guys are right. If, if someone is going to win the group and it's not going to be Argentina, it's probably going to be Croatia. So I, I might as well take the better price at plus 220, gamble on them being the, the winners of the group, as opposed to taking the cheap way out and taking the plus 132 on Argentina to not win the group. So yeah, I like Croatia to win the group as well at plus 220. And I like that Argentina under eight and a half goals at minus 140. The only thing that scares me with that one is if, uh, if they get behind uh, because of that back and they just start pressing like crazy and we see some like four, three game, uh, 
whether it be in the group stage or in the knockout stage. So, uh, and then just quickly on just Nigeria in general, you know, there's always going to be that African team that kind of breaks through. And I don't think it's bad to kind of pick one of, you know, one of three from sort of the different groups. And, you know, we talked about Egypt earlier. Now we're talking about Nigeria. Um, I just think that one of those African teams just really always surprises people. Every World Cup, you had Ghana a couple of years ago that was surprising people. So I think that you're going to get one of these, uh, fast, high-tempo, uh, you know, teams coming from Africa that's really going to surprise a lot of people. And you brought it up earlier about Mo Salah. The, the, the one, the article that I keep seeing over and over again is who is going to be this year's Hamas uh, Rodriguez because we saw Colombia go deep in the 2014 World Cup, a great campaign by Hamas. And there is going to be a goal scorer that is a fringe player that we kind of know that comes out and sparkles and attacking play can take you far in this tournament. Scoring goals can, can lift a team uh, beyond their wildest imagination. So there will be some player like that. So I can't wait to see who it is that breaks out uh, in the coming weeks. weeks. Group E. Talk about a lopsided group. You've got a titan in Brazil uh, who are massive favorites to win the group at minus 419. They're joined by Costa Rica, Serbia, and Switzerland. DP, what's your take on Group E? Is there anything interesting? It's so weird when you have a big favorite like this and a bunch of other sides. Is there anything you like from Group E? I mean, not so much. Honestly, if you just like laying a shit ton of money to win a little bit of money, just bet Brazil to win the group. I mean, who even cares at this point, right? I mean, they're just, I don't see how. Yeah. What would it take? The group. What would it take for them to not win this? I group? mean, they have to like, just not make it to the stadium. Like, <laughs> I mean, that that's the, you know, it's going to take like, someone's gonna have to hold them hostage in, you know, <laughs> in the Russian consulate or something. It's just, it's going to have to take that sort of, um, not showing up. I mean, they, they they blew it last World Cup. They absolutely blew it. So I don't think there's any chance that they blow it this World Cup. Yeah. I think their, their team is absolutely stacked. And it's just sort of that. I, I think a lot of people are there. I mean, not a lot of people. A lot of people are high on Brazil. Don't get me wrong. Tons of people are high on them. They're the favorites to win all that sort of stuff. But there are those people that are remembering four years ago that are like, oh, they're just going to blow it again. And it's funny how that sticks with people. And it's especially funny in the World Cup when you have such a large gap versus like, you know, in a lot in most American sports, all American sports, everything is year to year. So those residual effects can carry over much more often. Whereas this is like, you can get a whole new squad in four years. I mean, you've seen people that come in, they make a big impact for one world cup and then they're not even on the squad, the next world cup. Cause four years is just an infinite amount of time in terms of an athlete's lifespan. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to see Neymar and you're going to see a lot of the, the bigger names that we know coming out of Brazil, but there's going to be a lot of young guys that are going to, really surprise people i think this team is going to be really really good now that said you know i think that costa rica the ticos they're going to get some love after what they did in the 2014 world cup you know much like iceland's going to get that residual love that came from the 2016 euros um i mean i would like to bet on uh serbia or switzerland i just don't know which one i mean both of those teams are built in a way that i think helps you advance in the world cup you're not necessarily going to win because i think that they lack the offensive power but they have really good foundations really good solid defenses um, and I also think that in, in uh, regards to Costa Rica, so if you advance out of this group, all signs point to the fact that uh, if you advance, sorry, behind Brazil, all signs point to the fact that you're going to play Germany. 
in the next round. So I think that a lot of teams are going to kind of look ahead and be like, well, what the hell's the point, right? <laughs> um, I think that Costa Rica could falter uh, because of that a little bit um, and just a little bit of drawback from the fact that they were on such a high last time. So if I'm going to be betting here, I would I would take two flyers, uh, Serbia to advance the knockout round plus 116, also Switzerland. Um, I think I would bet them to miss the knockout round at minus 121. I think that those odds are a little bit better. Um, I think that Serbia is going to be the team to advance uh, coming out of Group E. Yeah, the market hates Los Ticos. Their their goal total is two and a half, and the juice on the under the under is minus one fifty six. So again, the market hates Costa Rica. They favor Switzerland a little bit, but yeah, Switzerland and Serbia is pretty much a coin flip. So you might as well take uh, as as much juice as you can get in uh that plus 116 and brazil yeah there's just nothing on here that i can that i like betting on the only the only thing that interests me a little bit is the under on seven and a half points in the group uh to jan's point where uh, with france earlier where they they just get six points uh as a walk in the park and then the third game they start resting guys but even when they're resting guys who's to say brazil doesn't come out and just mollywop whatever the competition is especially in this group so there's just nothing on the brazil line that that intrigues me that said, uh, that's kind of why I like Serbia versus Switzerland is their schedule. So they play Brazil the last game, whereas Brazil can be resting people, taking it a little bit easier. Serbia doesn't have to play Brazil till later on. So if if Serbia can get some favorable results early on and then, you know, even just go for a draw to put them through the next round, I think that that schedule, the way that it's set up, allows for a, a better opportunity to bet Serbia to advance as opposed to betting Switzerland to advance. Right. Just uh, take the... Get to get to five point or four points and get through. Jan, anything in Group E for you? I think there's a difference between France and Brazil in that last potential last game. That should be like a game full of um, those players who don't usually make start in eleven. I think there's the thing about Brazil that like wearing that um, that yellow shirt, the national um, team shirt, is so prestigious there that. Whoever comes out on the pitch, they will just do everything to hammer anyone who who stands against them. Whereas in France, it could be, I mean, it's only a theory, but it could be like some of the players would be like, oh, yeah, I'm not here. You know, I'm not here like the key player and I'm not really, uh, I'm not really like the full member team because I don't play. I think the mentality in like the Brazilian team would be different. So that. To me, that at least tells me that maybe Brazil, if they play some uh, players who usually only substitute or just sit on the bench, they could actually like get a better result because like the other players would maybe only uh, take care of themselves to just not to get injured before the knockout, while um, the eager players from the uh, from the from the deeper uh, lineup could. Uh, do their best just knowing that it's their only game they would get I think Brazil isn't interesting in that group because like we all know they're gonna get through the only question is will they get nine points or will they get seven points will they score in the group will they score 10 goals will they score 15 goals will they score four goals I think Donnie said that it will be between Serbia and Switzerland I feel like Switzerland more. I think they're usually suited to sneak through. Usually their games 
are very defensive, not many goals scored. So I, I wouldn't mind betting them getting through at plus 100. Let us move on to... I don't think Group B is very interesting. It's it's a little too top-heavy for me. Uh, group and like you guys said, Serbia and Switzerland, they have, they have no intention on playing high and playing an appeasing style of football. Like that Serbia-Switzerland game is going to be a lot of passing and not a lot of attack. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, it could be the most boring game of the <laughs> like, I, I can see that. Yeah, they could, like why would they might just both go to the midfield, shake hands, and take the point and just walk off? It, it would be like one nil, some penalty after a handball after a corner, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, if, if you need to skip a game, uh, that's the one. Group F, Group F. I think Group F is really fun. Uh, I think it's a very fun group. What? I'm I'm excited to watch this group play. Uh, Jan, what do you like out of Group F? I mean, Germany is going to win home the thing. So why are we even sitting here and talking? <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's pretty much where I stand too. So I don't know what you're talking about, Rich. I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, I think the group is interesting. I think it's like a great mix of uh, different styles. I also think that, well, Germany, I believe they have it on lock. Demon shop. I just have a crush on Demon shop and the way how they, how they work with their um, prospects and everything. But the other three teams, it could be a fun. It could be a fun to watch. Uh, it could be fun to watch all these teams. Yeah, to, these games aren't going to suck. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. The other group is weighted heavy, and it's going to be some boring football. Or Group F. I, I think there's going to be a lot of goals, and a lot of attack, and a lot of speed. Like, uh, I think these games are going to be more exciting than you think, DP. I mean, I, I think you're. I mean, the the games between Korea, Mexico, and Sweden might be relatively exciting, but yeah. I, I just don't think that. I, I it's hard for me to get energetic and, and get hyped up behind games that I know are going absolutely nowhere. That second like, spot. None of those teams are going anywhere. Come on, man. That second spot is, is, is crazy valuable getting to the, getting to the knockout other than L3, uh, getting to the knockout stage for Korea or Sweden would be like mind blowing. Yeah, I was trying I mean, to that's think like... how, how does, how does Mexico's performance look on the USA? Because we always tend to, to in the U.S. at least, like uh, compare ourselves to Mexico, right? They're the the Concacaf's, you know, cream of the crop, and we're always competing against them. So, do we want them to go really deep, or do we want them to flame out? Does that look better or worse? Like which one on the U.S.? Oh, we want them to go deep because everybody thinks that Concacaf is a joke, and they're probably right. <laughs> like, well, it is. It is a joke. <laughs> <It's> a joke. <laughs> But the better that the CONCACAF sides do, the the better we can look. Uh, and I know there's a bitter rivalry between the U.S. men's national team and Mexico, but I enjoy their football. I, I enjoy rooting for them. I like El, uh, uh, Chicharito. So, yeah. And, and the the second place team in this group will likely go on to play Brazil. So I actually think Brazil-Mexico match would be... Uh, intriguing. Uh, we didn't get any bets from you, though, Jan. What bets do you like in Group F? That's the question. I think... I think probably I would like the Sweden to get through. Yeah. 
I, I guess that's like the best number I see here. Well, it's interesting what you said about Mexico because like from European perspective, it's so different. You don't obviously have like Mexico. We don't see Mexico for four years. And I always feel that they always like add up to the World Cup. It's like World Cup without Mexico wouldn't really be a World Cup. It's, they usually play like very uh, attractive football. Some of their games can be considered like the better games of the World Cup. So I like them, but the odds I see, they're way too big of a favorite based on odds between those three teams. And I'm not sure if if I have that big of a trust in their abilities against Sweden and Korea. Those are tougher opponents than it, than it seems, I would say. So I would, I would bet Sweden. So Jan likes Sweden plus the 139. What about you, DP? I'm laying the damn wood, baby. I just think Germany <laughs> minus 1771 to advance is, is so low. <laughs> it's, it's too low. It's too low. I'm sorry. It's too low. It needs to be like minus 2500 or minus 3000. Just... Just, I mean, Brazil. A, to be fair, Brazil is minus three thousand, and Germany's minus seventeen seventy one. Like that, yeah, that, that that's seems what, like that to me is like if you're gonna if you're gonna lay a shit ton of money to win a little bit of money on either one of those teams, you take Germany. Like you just it, it's I I I think that they're equal to both advance. I think that they're going to coast, and then I also think that that Germany minus three sixteen to win the group is. Not that bad of a price. I mean, you have to lay just over 300 to win 100. What's th- That's not that bad. I think that they're going to blast through this group with absolute ease. And then it's just obviously a matter of who comes in second. I think that uh, Korea is just not going to do it. Let's just throw them out. And then it's between Mexico and Sweden. I think Mexico, or sorry, I think Sweden's going to get a little bit of a bump without having Zlatan on their team in terms of that camaraderie within the team and being able to play together. I mean, Zlatan is one of the best players ever one of the best players in the world you know during his peak and but he's someone that he needs the entire game to evolve around him he needs everything to go through him he needs all the the, the you know all the scoring opportunities to be from him all the whether it's him scoring or whether it's him passing the ball off to somebody else because all the the defense is shifting towards Zlatan. I think without him, you're going to see a much better team from Sweden, but they're not going to get that hype. They're not going to have a lot of people that are looking at them just because Zlatan was, he was the attention grabber uh, of that squad. That said, I think that a lot of people can overlook Sweden. Um, Like uh, Jan said, I think that the minus 117 for Mexico to advance to the knockout stage when compared with uh, someone like Sweden, who's plus 139 i think that those odds should be a little bit closer much more even so i wouldn't be betting on mexico there i would be putting my money where i think that i can get a better return on it and that's with sweden at plus 39 plus 139 to advance to the knockout stage but overall favorite bet to win the group is germany to win it uh minus one or 316 so just just bet it and just go nuts i kind of like the overall goals for every single team in this group we think Germany is going to go to the finals, maybe even win the whole thing. Nine and a half seems like it should be a lock then. And I th- I honestly think the way these games are going to play between Korea, Mexico, and Sweden, that they're going to be wide open with a lot of goals scored. Uh, and one of those teams, one of those three, they just have to get through, right? They have to play a fourth game. So I like the overall goals for every team in this group. I think we're going to Germany's see- winning one of these games five or six nothing. I, I think we're going to see some explosive games in Group F. And I think a lot of these teams, all of these teams are going to find the ball in the net 
early and often. It is interesting what you say, uh, looking at that minus 1771, which is just an insane bet. I don't even know where you can book that bet. But where France and Brazil both have a points total of seven and a half, Germany is getting a little bit of disrespect at six and a half. That over at minus 195 seems interesting as well, because all they need is two, two wins and a draw. Like, the way that we're talking, that's a stone lock, right? Like, they're going to get over six and a half points in this group. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I missed that. I didn't see they didn't have seven and a half. Yeah, it's weird. So, Germany getting uh, a little bit of Germany doesn't let up. They're not a team that, like, they'll get up a couple goals or they'll get up two games and then they'll kind of take it off. Germany will just hammer you well, yeah. into, into oblivion. Like they, they don't care. That's, that's, that's their mentality. That's what they do. And they will, they will put up seven goals on you. They will try and win all three of their games by a score of nine to nothing. They do not care. They will not rest. They will just drive like the machine that Germany is. I've never seen anything like that. Seven to one hammering against Brazil on Brazil's home turf. Like wh- they were just undressed. In that I remember, I remember I was in Rio in the media room. They scored a goal. I went to, I think, Brasilia room. I was in the hallway, and they had the TV screens in the hallways. So I looked up on the screen. It was like 20 seconds after the goal. I was like, it's a replay. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. It's another goal. It's like a different goal. What's going on? It, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Group G. Belgium, England, Panama, Tunisia. DP, what do you like in Group G? I'm here for all the waffles. Let's go. Let's go. I love Belgium in this group. I love Belgium in the World Cup. I like the odds of Belgium at plus 11-11 for Belgium to win the entire damn thing. I think that that is a much better bet than the bet that I think a lot of people are going to be taking and taking the cheese on, and that is Argentina at plus 900 uh, to win the World Cup. I think everyone's going to be firing on some combination of Brazil, Germany, Spain, France. Out of those big four, I like France the most, whereas you guys might be a little worried about them. I'm more worried about uh, a team like Spain and then Brazil and Germany. I just don't think present the odds uh, that I would like to be putting my money on. Um, and then, you know, you have the whole, with Argentina, you just have the whole messy factor. I mean, that he's just a huge draw and everyone's just going to be betting a shit ton on them. I always love to hate on England. I know you guys talked about how they have that disconnect now from, you know, the old regime and they are bringing in a new team, but England to me is like the Washington capitals of the NHL. They're just a team that choke all the time. It's going to win the championship? The a team that's going to win the championship? Breaking. Wait, wait. Hold on. Let me finish my, me finish awful, my talk so I can bring it all full circle. This Jesus. is an awful take. Whatever take is coming is going to be awful. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you could very well see, much like what you're seeing with the Capitals this year in the NHL, where they seem to have shed all that old baggage and are going to break through finally, but... The choke is still very much there. I, I just I can't bet on England. I I have to just bet against them. If you're betting on them, good fucking luck because they fucking blow it every single time in the World Cup or the Euros or whatever the big fucking competition that they're in. They're the second favorite to advance to the knockout stage from Group G. But let's just let's just bet them to not advance. So one of my favorite bets here is England to miss the knockout stage at plus four seventy four. I think you're getting some some good odds on that, and you know just knowing that the history with them, I just I could see them faltering again. And, you know, they're coming out with this whole new lineup and everything and saying that they've changed and they've shed the past. But 
that pass can stick with you and it can especially stick with you if you're England. So let's just go against them. Uh, instead, let's let's do a little gambling here. Let's uh, let's take Tunisia. I mean, like I said earlier, one of these African teams is going to advance. I love going with the Eagles of Carthage. So if I'm going to bet, uh, take a flyer on the team to advance to the knockout stage from this group, it's going to be Tunisia at plus 425. Overall, Belgium to win the World Cup is the absolute uh, favorite bet coming out of this group. Also, Belgium to win the group at minus 133, I think, is a really good price. I think Belgium is pretty stacked this year. Um, I mean, they they could falter in the end when they got to go up against those juggernauts, but I, I like their chances. I really, really do. Yeah, if you don't think England's going to advance from the group, then Belgium minus 133 to win the group is a slam dunk alley-oop through the legs, 360, 720 off the backboard. Just drop it into the net uh, at that price. Jan... When we first tweeted, I think this was many moons ago, that we were going to do this podcast, you just snap responded, England to exit in the group stage. Do your sentiments remain the same? Are you in agreement with DP? Yeah, I hate England. I like their national football team. <laughs> yes! I hated them like so for happy. years. It's, and this year, I hate them even more, even though they have such an easy group stage they actually will probably sneak through even though the odds are really good so I told about this uh, knockout stage they will be out in the last 16 round like that's for me that's a lot that team has no created in they didn't call up Shelby I don't know what's going on who's gonna create chances for the guys up front that team will look terrible on the pitch that's that's my prediction based on who's in that team. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna do things to to change the game? There's like, of course, there's Harry Kane. He can always do something. They've got Ali. 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 Needs every Kane needs uh, an Ericsson. Who's the Ericsson? I just really? don't there's think nobody. you understand. Wait, that's that's. Original Dmitry Payet's song. <laughs> it shifted to Mesut Ezel. So now now Spurs are singing that about Harry Kane. <laughs> oh no, that's an alley song. That's an alley song. Yeah, like, I hate England. I love Belgium. I'm still kind of worried about them because they always play nice football in um, the qualifiers. They hammer their opposition teams. But then at the final tournaments, they always seem to struggle scoring go- in scoring goals. I think they will break it this year. They have obviously a super stacked lineup full of players playing for the top teams in, in the Premier League. Their manager, I love their manager, Roberto Martinez. He got all the hate when he was in Everton, but... He was great with Wigan. I think he did a solid job at Everton. I think he eventually lost the locker room, so I don't know what happened there. But I think he's a great manager. He has Thierry Henry, the GOAT, uh, by his side. Well, let's fire all the money on Belgium. Yes! I hate how much we agree, but Belgium has my heart. I love this side. And I there's a, a great... There's a lot of narrative in this group for me. England reminds me a lot of Belgium in 2014. They're young, they're energetic, they're a new face for the team, uh, but I think they're too young. I don't think they're ready. I I think they'll get through the group, 
like Jan said, Panama and Tunisia aren't the best of opponents. Uh, so they'll find their way into the knockout stage, and then they'll just get slobber knocked in the round of 16. I think the way things shake out, uh, they might have a favorable draw. I think uh, with the winner of the next group, uh, I don't think the winner of the next group will be that strong. Uh, Colombia is obviously the favorite, so England has a chance maybe to sneak through to the quarters, but this team is not ready, nowhere near ready to make a deep run in this tournament. Whereas Belgium, they went through this experience in 2014, and all of those stars that Jan's talking about, I mean, from top to bottom, they are not only in their prime now, they are all in form and playing tremendous. The season Lukaku just put together with United, uh, Hazard had a little bit of up and down. He's had some problems with Chelsea, but he's looked phenomenal. You can't say enough words about Kevin De Bruyne. This side is so good from top to bottom. I absolutely love Belgium the over nine goals to win the group at minus 133 points in the group over six and a half at minus 129 and of course like DP said to win the World Cup at 11 to 1 Belgium has my heart I love this side I cannot watch wait to watch them in Russia let's go yeah KDB is incredible he could as well be the player of the tournament He's just, ah, he's just, the, the, the ball is like, he, he's just, it's like attached to his foot. The things, the, he just, the, the way yeah, he can yeah, just, pl- the way he can just place the ball at any time, he, he does things that you should not be able to do with a soccer ball on the pitch. Yeah. He, he seems like he just knows he is like, he has eyes everywhere. I don't know how that guy does it, but he's, he's just brilliant. So I'm glad we're we're all in on Belgium. I think we can skip maybe the uh, the the winner section since we love Belgium so much. But we'll we'll make sure we get our winner bets uh, in a second. But finally, Group H. This group, like I said, wide open. Colombia is uh, the favorite to win the group, but you don't even need to lay odds with them at plus one thirty five. Uh, right on their heels are Poland at plus one seventy two, and then you've got Japan and Senegal in the group as well. Jan, a wide open group. So there's actually some chances. Like if you like a team in this group, you're actually going to get a chance to make some money. Is there a team in group H that you like, Jan? I like Poland. I like Poland because I like Robert Lewandowski. He's my, one of my most favorite players. Um, so that takes me to betting over on their goals. I'm also skipping a little forward, but um, it might be a good bet to bet Lewandowski to win the Golden Boot, just like a long shot bet. Why not? I think he can score like five goals in the group stage if everything comes together. And if they win the group, so, they're likely going to play England in the knockout stage. And that's another hat trick. So. <laughs> yeah, and they get to the, the quarters. So there's tons of scoring opportunities for Lewandowski if you like a long shot there. Yeah, yeah, that that group is kind of boring. That it doesn't have any uh, team that would get a lot of lot of fans from abroad. No really strong side, uh, traditional side. But it could be a very tight race for either first place or for second place. So, and it's a nice mix uh, of four different continents. It it actually could be fun to watch while 
a lot of people could look at that group and would be like, oh, there's no England, there's no Brazil, there's no Germany. Well, I'm not, I'm not even turning on those matches. It could be, it could be really interesting to watch those games, and it could be a very tight race. So, that being said, um, Holland goals. I don't want to get into the bets on advancing for anyone because the odds are too short for Poland, so I don't think it's like a valuable bet. The others, hard to say. Colombia, Senegal, or even Japan get through. I have no clue, honestly. So <laughs> I wouldn't. I would avoid those bets. So Jan's on Poland plus the one seventy-two to win the group. DP, what about you? Wide open group. Who do you like in Group H? Definitely wide open group. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not really worried about picking or, or too concerned about picking between Colombia and Poland. I just think that that's kind of flipping a coin. So I'm going to look a little bit off the board here, stick along a similar topic that I've talked about all podcasts, and that is African team. Somebody is going to come out and surprise, and that is Senegal in this group. I think they're super interesting. They can surprise a lot of people and get through the knockout stage. They bring a lot of energy with a lot of pace, um, a lot like a lot of the other African teams that we always talk about. But the one thing that sticks out to me with Senegal is that they have a good defense, a good foundation that can them do to that next stage um, where necessary. I think a lot of the African teams, they they falter ultimately because their defense isn't good enough. Yeah, they can score, they can run fast, they can bring energy, but it's a lot of times it's that defense that can just be that solid you know, foundation to everything. I think that Senegal has that. They have some really good players that perform on big stages around the world. Uh, they got Koulibaly. Uh, he plays in the Serie A. They have Gay, Premier League with Everton. They have Kouyete. He's also in the Premier League. Uh, Sadio Mane, he's their biggest star for Liverpool. I, I just, I like the odds that they present. I like this team to surprise. I think that this group is wide open. I think that they can easily do it. So Senegal to win the group at plus 425. Senegal to advance to the knockout stage. I'm on a couple of those two bets at plus 125. I think that it's just a really good spot for them. Yeah, I think this is the perfect climax to your pro-Africa narrative this whole podcast. If there is going to be a team that surprises, given the opportunity that they have in such a wide-open group, uh, it could be Senegal. And it's funny that they are in the group with Colombia, who made the surprise run in 2014, uh, thanks to the likes of Hamas and Juan Cuadrado. Uh, Cuadrado has always had my heart. Uh, the, the first European club that I supported uh, was Fiorentina because I studied ab- abroad uh, in Florence. Uh, so oh, I've always have a little bit of love for him. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this group is wide open. I, I had coming into this podcast, I've, I have a notes app up. And for each group, I have a bunch of notes, and I'm looking at it right now. I have Group H, and then I just have a question mark next to it. I, I don't have any strong opinions uh, on this one. Uh, I could be swayed either way by any of these sides, but no no real... Uh, the, when I look at this group, when I pour over the, the, the projected starting 11s, there's just... I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, so I'm not going to bet any real American dollars on the outcomes. I'm just going to kick back, relax, and and watch some games. Sad but true. All right, let's get to some winners. Donnie's on Belgium, but are there any other? You like them at 11 to 1. Are there any other teams, uh, DP, that you would be willing to take a winner's ticket on? I mean, the only other team that I'm willing to take a winner's ticket on is France at plus 646, but I would – I'm just – 
not too high on them. And I, I don't really like picking anyone from the, the top four, the big four, Brazil, Spain, Germany, and uh, France. I just, I just hate betting favorites in this spot. So I'd rather risk a lot on Belgium, who I think has the class. They have the stars. They have the lineup to play with those big four teams. I think that what you kind of alluded to earlier, Rich, in that 2014, a lot of those guys were super, super young and they made a relatively deep run and they gained a ton of experience. And then a lot of them are playing on the biggest stages in the world and a lot of their different, uh, their different league plays. And, and I think that they're going to be able to translate that experience with their talent and, and really be able to make a run at this thing. And their odds are double anyone else that I think that they can play with. So I think that eventually they, you know, it's going to be a really tough match where they have to get through like a Germany, but I think that Belgium can do it. I really do. And, and I look for Lukaku to just go absolutely nuts and carry over what he did uh, from his Premier League play into the World Cup and just be the star that 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 front-running team needs going forward. So give me Belgium altogether at 11-1 uh, to 1 to win the whole thing. Jan, what about you? Who do you like to win the World Cup at their odds? I've laid money on Germany like one month ago. So definitely Germany, even though they have the shortest odds. I'm right. Is there any bigger favorite? Is Brazil bigger favorite? They're yeah. not, right? Brazil's, Brazil's oh, they are? Yeah, shade oh. better than Germany. Yeah, I would never bet on Brazil for those odds. I don't I don't trust Brazil to be. Uh, they they will go far. There's probably no question about that because they're really hungry to uh, just put everything behind from 2014. But I just feel this German team is on a whole another level in comparison to the other favorites. So I think the bet the odds are fine to to bet Germany. Like, is this team going to win to win every fifth World Cup? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the other odds, like like Donny said, Belgium. You probably cannot go wrong betting eleven to one with Belgium. That's like I'm still kind of suspicious i feel like there's still something that that team is missing something that will actually stop them from lifting the cup but there's just their squad strength uh, how as you pointed rich how everybody is in fine form you gotta lay that bet right like who else would you pick yeah that's that's my thing is is not only is this set up at that price for belgium to be a great buy, but there are no other teams in that, you know, range that even get me excited. Like Donnie noted earlier, Argentina, nine to one, doesn't do it for me. And then the next closest odds are England at 17 and a half to one, which there's no way. So you're either latching yourself to one of these favorites in France, Brazil, Germany, uh, or you're praying that you can get one of these long shots and what do we know about the world cup is that you know long shots don't really come through the cream rises uh to the top in this competition great teams always find themselves at the end uh so if we're looking for someone to break through they have to be like right on the precipice not a super long shot and i think that could be the boys from belgium let's go golden boot wrap this thing up jan you mentioned lewandowski 
earlier, is there anybody that you would also like to throw a flyer on in addition to the uh, the Polishman who is 15 and a half to one? Yeah, we're on the same page, guys. You both mentioned Lukaku, and I love Lukaku betting him. So the, I, I would bet these two. I wouldn't bet anybody from those guys who have better odds. Uh, like I wouldn't bet Messi or Cristiano or Neymar. No Griezmann for me. Thank you. So those two, let's go. Anybody else, DP? Lukaku's my guy too at fifteen at uh, sixteen to one. I mean, I have Lukaku on my list at sixteen to one. I think that uh, he's just a really good bet at those odds. Don't mind uh, Timo Werner uh, at thirteen to one. I also don't mind Gabriel Jesus of Brazil. He's super fun to watch. He's young, talented. Um, he plays with Man City in the Premier League. Gets a lot of love there. I think Neymar is obviously going to get all the love, but you know, whereas much like I talked about a little bit with uh, Zlatan earlier, how teams tend to shade their defense and really focus on that that really high quality player that is Neymar for Brazil. And I think that uh, Gabriel Jesus. I mean, he's just surrounded by so many playmakers on this Brazilian team that I think he can really benefit uh, from the fact that um, he has just much better odds than. Uh, uh, Neymar to to go and win the Golden Boot, and then if I'm taking a flyer, honestly, we've talked about him before. It's Mo Salah. I mean, with the injury, um, the fact that he's missing a whole game, the fact that Italy's not picked to go super deep, his odds are still really high. I mean, on Pinnacle, he's 25 to one. I've seen as high as 35 or 40 to one in some spots. So if you shop around, you can get a really good price. And if I'm able to find a 35 or a 40 to one on Mo Salah, just knowing what he can do and seeing how he can put multiple multiple goal games together over a short period of time i just really like him to be that absolute magnificent goal scorer on the pitch that could come out of the world cup with a shit ton of goals you just put salah on iatsuri on italy that was a freudian slip of yours sorry (laughs) the blue runs deep in your heart uh so if we like and i'll put my trepidations aside if we like france and if we like germany is there any value in long shots like Giroud and Thomas Müller? Any value at all? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Giroud. I'm not. He, he should play, right? He was playing in the qualifiers. Like uh, he was. It, it was bizarre because Lacazette was playing for the club while Giroud, when when Giroud was still with Arsenal, Giroud was on the bench, and in the international team, it was the other way around. I think Giroud. His odds, why wouldn't you try that? I mean, if friends are about to go far, somebody has to score goals. Will it be only Griezmann? I don't think so. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the difference between 7-1 to one and 47 or 48-1, to one, it's just insane. And goals are pretty random, right? Like, sometimes the ball bounces one way and it gets on somebody's foot and they have a chance to score. So... Uh, I think if you were to put these guys next to each other and tell me that the odds that one of them outscores the other are that high, I I would say that you're you're crazy. Thomas Muller is that guy who always seems to just be in, in the it. right spot right. to score like, a goal at all times. And if Germany is going to be scoring a ton of goals and running up the score, I could easily see him just getting like three goals in one game, two in another. Like he's just that guy who every time you look, it's like, oh, Mueller, Mueller scored again. Oh, yeah, I got it. Like he's always just there. He's always in, in the box really close, like especially in like the six-yard box when there's just balls bouncing around to just put it in. So, yeah, if you're looking for 
some real long shots. Those two guys interest me. One sad note, uh, when I put this list together, Leroy Sané was still on it. <laughs> Poor guy. That's a weird one. Way to go. He must be just a total jackass in the locker room. That's the only reason why that would happen. Yeah, but it's good to see some of these teams are making decisions not necessarily based on star power. You saw it was Lawton in Sweden. You know, everyone thought a couple of years ago you saw it with Landon Donovan in the USA. I mean, I just think that these teams are realizing that they have to move on a little bit quicker than they have in, in past World Cups, which is a good sign. Yeah, Joachim Lev is very specific in this. Like, I remember, was it 2010 or was it 2014? I don't even, because Germany is crushing every single time, so... I don't even remember, but Lukas Podolski was playing in the starting lineup when he was like playing the second tier with Cologne. And he wasn't even like that good. Or then he was like, uh, he wasn't playing for Arsenal and he was still in the starting lineup in the stacked German teams. So they don't really care about individual quality all that much because they have so much of it that they just need to put a great team together so that everything will work out. And that's, that's exactly what they're doing. So. Yeah, Leroy Sané. I mean, he's not that kind of guy for for the German German football team. If he was in any other international team, I'm sure. If if he was from any other country, I'm sure he would get called up in a second. Yeah, he'd be starting eleven for most other nations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to play, Leroy? We'll take you there. All right, that's our 2018 World Cup preview. We hope you guys enjoy all of the matches throughout the summer and uh we hope that this betting guide helps you get some some w's uh, i'll be posting my favorite bets from this podcast on twitter you can see that at rich t ryan you can also follow these guys on twitter at donnie underscore peters and at jan chorus j-a-n-k-o-r-e-s jan don't work too hard at the wsop and thank you for joining us again to talk a little football it was fun. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, that's the pod. We'll be back again, guys. Training camp is, like, right around the corner. So football season is coming. And uh, 25K Fantasy, although we won't be reporting much good news so far, we, uh, we're drawing live. Mr. Superior has us drawing live today. <laughs> so we shall see if we can get some points. But until next time, peace. <laughs>